Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Good morning, church. How are you doing today? Good. <laughs> we can see that. That's good. Unlike where the Titans will be after today's game. <laughs> they're going to get buried. <laughs> but at least they're playing, Browns fans, right? That's right. You guys doing okay today? That's good. Turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to the book of Judges, chapter 6. I want to try to share with you what I believe God has put in my heart. simply entitled I didn't know I was me judges it's going to drive me nuts with those lights not being at full brightness can you turn them up thank you I have enough distractions I didn't know I was me Judges chapter 6, verse number 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was by Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash, the Abiezite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of? saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, Wherewithal shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with you, with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Would you pray with me and for me? Father, I... My heart's desire is to just be obedient, to share your heart and your desires with your people. 
Holy Spirit, you, you can take my words and, and you can minister that truth to every individual heart and spirit in a way like no man's effort could ever do. So I, I just release you to do that. I take authority over every lying spirit, over every demonic presence, every distraction. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Amen. This is an Old Testament story that has a profound New Testament truth buried in it. I think it's not, I know that it's one that I personally can relate to. I think it's one that there are other people in this room that can relate to. If you know what has happened here, for just over six years, the Midianites have so overwhelmed the children of Israel that they are afraid to do the most common tasks out in public. Their life is consumed with fear. Life isn't going the way they want it. Every task, it seems like, is hard. Everything they have to do, they've had to take steps, extraordinary steps to do the most simple, common tasks. We know that for six plus years they've been wrestling with this and they have been crying out, if you go back and read the the first five verses of that chapter, they have been crying out to God, and after six years, God sends a prophet to them, and he tells them that all of this is happening to you because you're under judgment. And then the prophet goes silent. And then one day, this story shows up. And an angel of the Lord, which most Bible theologians agree is Jesus Christ before he came as Jesus. It starts off calling him the angel of the Lord, but you notice halfway through our text, he became the Lord. And so, in this story, the angel of the Lord comes and sits down by an oak tree. And he's sitting there. Not too far from that oak tree, Gideon is threshing wheat near the wine press. If you understand how in those days they would thresh wheat, they they needed to do it out in the open. And they needed a wind to blow. They literally waited for a windy day to thresh wheat, and they would take the stalks of wheat and and beat it on a, a board or a rock, and, and the wind blowing would catch the wheat and kind of throw it off and into a pile somewhere. And when they were done, they would then go over and scoop up the wheat, and they've separated the wheat from the straw. But in this instance, he's not out in the open doing this task. He's hiding. He's hiding by the wine press, and he's carrying out this task. And the angel of the Lord shows up, He says, you mighty man of valor. You ever been there? When you come to the realization that God sees you different than you see yourself. (laughs) 
fact, the angel literally says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. While he's in the midst of hiding, the angel of the Lord says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And that just sets Gideon off. If the Lord was with me, then why is all this stuff happening in my life? If the Lord's with us, why is all this garbage happening? He literally says that. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why then is all this befallen us? On top of that, where's his miracles? I, I hear stories of, of miracles in the past, but I need a miracle right now. You, you show up and you, you tell me that I'm a mighty man of valor and that you're with me and, and, and that there's this God of miracles, but if God's with us, then why am I in this stinking mess and where is my miracle? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now, the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. This is an Old Testament story, but there's people even in this room that can relate to that. That it feels like everything good about God was in your past, and you... You live vicariously off of somebody else's miracle. But you question whether or not God is even with you. If God was with you, then all of this wouldn't be happening. And whether he knows it or not, Gideon actually begins to give the answer to this problem. He said, not only is God not with me, and the only miracles we have is the miracles I hear from somebody else, but you have delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. You need to know what Midian, who Midian is. Midian was the son of Abraham. His wife Keturah and him had a child, and one of them was named Midian, and that's where the Midianites came from. The name Midian literally means a place of judgment. got to hear you got to hear with the spirit this morning church Gideon is saying I I would to God that there was God with me but there is no God with me you got to get the the, the 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 irony of this there's God talking to him while he's telling God God isn't with me are you with me and if you were with me then this wouldn't happening to me. And if you were with me, then I wouldn't just be talking about somebody else's miracles. I'd have miracles of myself. But the truth is, you, God, have given us over to judgment. And there are people sitting in this room this morning that you live under judgment. You don't truly understand that all of our sins have been forgiven.
that God knows everything about you. He knows exactly what Gideon was going through. He knows exactly what got Gideon to this place. And yet he walks up to Gideon hiding. He says, you mighty man of valor. And it wasn't a joke. And he tells Gideon... Gideon continues to tell him, My Lord, where, where will I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Gideon is acting just like many of us act today. We, we say, God, you're, if, if you were with me, and again, he's talking to God who's standing right there. If you were with me, then all of these problems wouldn't be occurring in my life. If you were with me, I'd have my own miracles. I wouldn't have to talk about somebody else's miracles. If you were with me, I wouldn't be under judgment right now. And the angel of the Lord says, go. You're going to defeat the Midianites. And now he pulls out, not the race card, but the family card. Do you know what a bad childhood I had? Do, do you know what happened to me? Do you know how bad my dad was? Do you know how bad my mom was? Do you know what happened to me when I was seven? Do you know what happened to me when I was 12? Do you know my family? Do you know how messed up they were? Anybody in here ever had any family issues? Just wondering. Do you know how bad my family is? Not only is my family bad, I'm the black sheep of the family. That's what he's saying. I not only come from a bad family, I, the bad family didn't even like me. From the person next to you and say, I can relate to that. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 5. You're truly going to let, need to let the Holy Spirit reveal this to you. But look what he says. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Before. Everybody say before. Before, before I formed you, before I formed you, before I formed you, before, 
you got to get that before I don't have time to go all the, down this rabbit trail it's in chapter 2 of my book it's coming out soon but before I formed you listen to what he says we had a relationship Let me, let me explain it this way. How many's ever been lost? You can't be lost if you were never first found. You can't be lost if you don't belong to somebody. Come on. You can't be lost unless there's a place for you. So it's impossible to be lost until you're first found belonging to somebody and there is a place for you. Um, you may live with somebody who is one of those everything in its place kind of people. I'm not one of those people. I try to be. But you want your stuff in the right place. How I many know what I'm talking about? With all their good qualities, my family's always been bad about fingernail clippers. People would use them and not put them back. Come on now. I'm feeling this. And <laughs> where's the fingernail clippers? can't find them and then you find them later they're what are they doing there they're in the garage what are they doing in the garage they're out on the patio what do you mean they're in the chicken coop I want my fingernail clip I, ha I had to buy my own set true story and I had to hide it and I did pretty well until one day somebody came to me in a panic I need to fingernail clippers now and I can't find fingernail clippers do you know where any are <laughs> have you looked everywhere And so I let the cat out of the bag. It was an emergency. How many understand? It was an emergency. And the other day, I was somewhere, and there are my fingernail clippers. Not in their little case in my dresser, hidden under my underwear, which I thought itself was a resistance, okay? They got to go through my underwear to get to it? No, 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 no. They didn't care. They, they grabbed them, and they, and they were out. They were... God is 
telling us, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. That word knew is a very intimate word. Not only did he know us, then he says, and before you came out of your mother's womb, I sanctified you, which literally means set you apart. Before I formed you, I had a relationship with you. The moment, listen, the moment I put you in your mother's womb, in sin did my mother conceive me. The you that I knew before you were formed in your mother's womb has been placed in your mother's womb, and now because you have now entered an environment of sin, that sin has affected you. Let me understand what I'm saying. But after that, knowing that would happen, I set you apart. Romans 8. Romans 8, 29. Speaking of God, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. God said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I set you apart for a reason. That was Old Testament, but now we're here in the book of Romans. And Paul writes and he says, those God foreknew, he predestined them to something. To what? To be conformed in the image of his son. Verse 30, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What does that mean? Before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. He also knew that by placing you in your, in your mother's womb, that the the reality of sin would affect you, so he predetermined before you went in your mother's womb to call you. You call somebody that you know, but you call them because there's a distance. I, if I wanted to talk to, to Jeff right now, I wouldn't pick up my phone and call him. He, he's right there. If I wanted to talk to Jeff, I wouldn't start yelling, Jeff! Jeff! He's right there. He calls because my sheep know my voice 
got to get this in the spirit. There's not enough hours in the day to get this through to you with what limited ability I have with my words. You were predestined to be saved by God. You were predestined to be formed in his image. And the fact that you're here this morning, the fact that you or anybody has a heart to pursue after God means that he's called you. Are you with me? But he says after he called you, he justified you. That means every mistake, every sin of the past or the future has been dealt with already. One of the most freeing words that you can ever get down into your spirit is this. That God who called you already knew how stupid you were. He already knew the mistakes I was going to make. He already knew that. And he made an account for that. This isn't easy grace I'm talking about. This isn't slippery slide of easy grace. This is the reality that when God called you, he knew you would fail sometimes. He knew you would give in to selfish motives. He knew that you would allow fear to overcome you. If you go back in this judge's story, it actually starts out with them being in judgment and the prophet comes. And here's what the prophet said. God told you not to be afraid of the gods of the Midians and you were afraid of the gods of the Midians. And for that reason, you have brought judgment upon yourself. And then the prophet leaves the scene. And we picked up the story in verse 6. There are people here today that God has told you not to walk in fear. And yet the very thing you fear is judgment because you know who you are and you know what you've done. But in reality, you forget that he knows who you are and he knows what you've done. And he's still standing there. <laughs> you got to get that. The enemy wants you to think that if you... If, if God was with you, you wouldn't be in all this mess. No, God is with you because he's still talking to you. That means he hasn't given up. He's still in the fight. He's still standing there and he's giving you words of life. He's imparting life to you. Them he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So he's telling Gideon who's hiding from the Midianites. He's hiding because of judgment. There are people in this room that you hide because of judgment. You won't speak out for God because you know how bad you've been. You won't speak out for God because you failed him in the past. You're afraid. You think that you're waiting for a better version of you to come to start being used of God. You're waiting to get good enough. Come on, somebody. You're waiting for an improved version, uh, a 2.0 to the 1.0. The 1.0 is when you got saved. And some of you are at 1.1, 1.2, 1. 1. 1. 1. 1. And you, you are waiting for the 2.0 version. In gaming today, they, they release games in beta version. 
How many know what I'm talking about? And, and they tell you, if you buy this game, understand there's going to be problems. The game's going to be glitchy. It's not going to work right. But you're buying it knowing it's going to be glitchy. There's going to be problems. And, and the reality is they started this because they ran into too many lawsuits where people would buy a game, there would be glitches, and it would ruin the, the experience of the game so they would sue the game company because there's problems. So now they release games in beta. And I, I know of games now that have been in beta. In other words, you get the warning that says it's glitchy. They've been in beta for 11 years. And they're never going to come out of beta, okay? There are Christians who are stuck in beta mode. Warning. I can't be used of God because I've got problems. I can't be used of God because Thursday I, I lost my cool and I said something or did something I shouldn't have done, so now God is... God, I'm under judgment. Are you hearing this message? I'm, I'm under judgment because I... I was on my way to church... And I lost my cool with my husband or my wife. I looked at something I shouldn't have looked at. I thought of something I shouldn't have thought of. And, and now there's no way that I could ever be a life-giving word to somebody. I can't ever be used of God because I, I've, I've messed up. My, my, my marriage failed. I'm, 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 how many know what I'm talking about? And I'm just, I'm just stuck there under judgment. And what little I do, i got to do hiding it. Hiding it because the Midianites, the place of judgment is right there in my face ready to hammer me again who do you think you are my grandma used to have a saying my grandma she was she was unique she could make the most common term sound like a cuss word I grew up with a Navy dad Navy guys can cuss all right so I know good cussing I've heard it directed at other people, and I'm like, oh, and I've heard it directed at me, okay? My grandma, to the best of my knowledge, didn't cuss, but man, she could make it sound like she was cussing. I remember being at grandma's house, and she'd say something like, oh, my gosh, because it was just so sharp. I remember her saying to somebody one time, oh, just shut your pie hole. Oh, my gosh. Couldn't you have said something nicer than that? I mean, pull out some of dad, dad teacher. Shouldn't I have to be so harsh? Oh, just shut your pie hole. It, it took me a while to figure out what pie hole was. The way she said it, I was sure it was bad. My grandma used to have another saying, Oh, who died and made you boss? I'll tell you who died and made me boss. Jesus. He said, all power has been given unto me. Therefore, go. And so we're, we're back in here in the wine press, by the wine press with Gideon, and he's threshing wheat, and God shows up and says, you mighty man of valor. If I was a man of valor, if you were with me, I wouldn't be having all these problems. I, I, I live vicariously over miracles of the past. Go and subdue the Midianites. Subdue them. 
Do you know who my family is? Do you remember what I was like as a kid? Do you know what they did to me? Do you know how broken I am? I am barely holding it together. I've got a really messed up family. And not only do I got a messed up family, I'm the black sheep of the family. That messed up family didn't even like me. And the angel of the Lord says, go in this mic. <laughs> Did you just hear me? I come from a messed up family and I was the worst of the messed up family and they treated me like that. And he says, go. That's the mite I want you to go in. As I get ready to close, listen to this for a moment, church. There are Christians who are stuck in beta mode to this day. I got to get good enough. You need to grasp one thing and one thing only. God is with you. Come out from judgment. That's not condoning sin. You know what? You know what frees us from sin is knowing the love of God that He has for us. Some people say there are two routes out of bondage. When you think about the judgment of God that awaits you, that really doesn't work. If that really worked, then, then people wouldn't have illicit sex knowing they can get diseases that will kill them. They wouldn't shoot up, snort up, drink up. They wouldn't drive that way. They wouldn't act that way. All under the, under the threat of death. We love him because he first loved us. Your spouse putting their finger in your face saying, if you ever mess around with somebody else, I'm going to divorce you, is not as strong as a deterrent as you have an overwhelming love for them. Come on. What happens in our human minds is we think about how we can do it without getting caught. And if you can negotiate that, you'll do it. But if you love your spouse, you're shocked at even the suggestion. I you know what I'm saying. And so he tells Gideon, go. You, you, with all this stuff that's happened to me, yeah. With all the, man, I, I don't have any miracles I can even recount happening in my life for a long time. Go. Do you know what a messed up childhood I had? Go. Do you not understand I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family? I said, go. Because before I formed you in your mother's womb, we had a relationship. You and me, we had something. When I put you in your mother's womb, I sanctified you. I knew the effect that sin would have on you and how it would mess you up, so I put my seal on you. I sanctified you. I made it so that when the time came, I called you, and you would hear my voice, and you would come. And now I'm calling you, and you came. The lost is now found. 
the lost coin, that coin belonged to somebody. You got to understand that. It can't be lost unless it first belonged to somebody. You can't be lost unless you first, before, belonged to somebody. And his, us getting saved was us responding to his call. But then he called, he also justified. Dad, I messed up. I know. Dad, I may mess up tomorrow. Well, I hope not, but I know that you will, and I've already taken care of that. And that's where so many Christians are stuck right there. They're justified. You can't be justified if judgment still hangs over your head. Are you with me? There's no... The Bible says that those who have sinned, are, there's nothing but left in life but a fearful look for judgment. Another place it says, some men's sins go with them up to heaven other men's sins go up before them if you're saved all of your sins have already gone before God and been forgiven it is finished not it is started it's finished he knew every time you would fail. He knew every time you would blow it. He knew every time you would give in. And he paid for that. And when we repent, we don't get forgiven at that moment. We make a withdrawal on the savings account that he already filled in. Are you getting this? And when you know that, then you see the glory. Them also I glorify, for they are glorified. And so he's telling Gideon, get out of judgment. Get out of judgment. I understand judgment has put you here, but now get out of judgment. I'm with you. If you were with us, it wouldn't have happened. I'm, I'm here. I'm calling you out of judgment. I'm, I'm from a broken family. I'm from a broken childhood. I know that. I'm the worst of the family. I get it. Go in that might. Where we are weak, he's strong. And we hate that part because we want to go in our strength. We want to go strong. And he said, I can't use you when you're going strong. I need you to go weak. So Gideon, go in that strength. And when you do, there'll still be a fight. He said, but you're going you're gonna to beat the Midians as if there were only one guy against all of you. And you know what happens. They win. You stand to your feet. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.